What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. This is the Wells Cast with Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. Feeling good today. I got some new shoes on. I've already got a pit stain going on the right side because the only Sweat out of my right pit, but that's another episode. Very excited about today's show. By the way, was last episode Rashad Jennings? Was that the last one? Did you guys listen to that episode? That episode to me is one of the... I've been doing radio since I was 16 years old. I probably interviewed over 500 people. That was one of the most inspiring and just like, whoa, stories I have ever heard. Fifth string running back junior year of high school, and that dude went and played in Super Bowls? Like, how did that even happen? He was the fat kid that was, like, hiding Skittles in his, in his like, pants pads pocket, and then he went to go play for the New York Giants, one Dancing with the Stars. Like, that story to me was so crazy, and if you haven't listened to it, like, I don't really care if you listen to any of these podcasts, but if you're going to listen to one of them, that one was pretty cool. And I want you to listen to the one that's about to happen. Because, well, I'm recording this after the interview, so I can tell you it's a very, very good, interesting, inspiring interview. On the show today, we have The Miz and The Misses. Now, you might remember The Miz. He was on, uh, let's see, he was on Real World back in like 2001. Then he did The Challenge. And then he was able to turn his entire weird persona of The Miz into a WWE champion. He actually won the freaking belt. No one thought that he was going to be able to turn that 15 minutes of fame from the real world into what he has become. And now he's married to Maurice, who's a beautiful, wonderful wrestler as well from the WWE. And now they have their own freaking reality TV show. And we're going to find out how the hell The Miz was born. How the hell Maurice, who didn't speak any English, was able to come on an American television show and be on the WWE. Their stories are crazy. You're not going to want to miss this. Coming up right here on the Wells Cast. 
Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Wells Cast. Uh, very excited for the show today because we have the Miz and the Misses on the show. Uh, Mike and Maurice, how are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You're very excited. I am. I'm excited because, well, off air we discovered that I don't have a Wikipedia. page. You do not, and I I did not believe it. I know. I was like, everyone that's been on like The Bachelor has to. No, has to. Not you. We're a dime a dozen, man. I, well, I mean, but I feel like everyone besides you has one. Probably. I imagine <laughs> Bachelor Bob has one. <laughs> Bob Guinea. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Bro. I mean, I'm no, no no shame against Bob Guinea. He's a wonderful guy. I just feel like I'm I'm the least thirsty of all of them, and so I just don't you have need... your own podcast. Have... You're obviously real thirsty. <laughs> hey, I have. Oh, yeah, do Bob does have. <laughs> yeah, 
course, Bachelor Bob has one. I have like three podcasts. All right, I'm just really You're trying so to squeeze cool and popular. every last drop of juice out of this lemon. All right, because my 15 minutes was up like three seasons ago. Let's be fair. Um, I, I am really excited to have you guys on the show, and I want to talk about. I mean, you guys have like a new television show, um, but I don't know if anyone told you the premise of this show. So the idea for this show is I am obsessed with finding out how people got to the point where they need a Wikipedia page. I love origin stories because it's all well and good to know about someone when they're famous, but what's the blueprint to getting there? How did you... What what hurdles did you jump over? Oh boy, Maurice has got a huge story for you. Yeah, so I want to do. Hours. I want to do. Yeah, this is, this is a long form podcast. Part yeah. one starting right now. Um, so I want, but I want to do. I want to hear both of your guys' story. So whoever wants to start first, I just want to start like, where are you from? Whoever wants to go first, go for it. But it's such a wide question. It's like, how long do you have? We got about forty-seven minutes. Really, give or take. There you go. <laughs> So where are you from, Maurice? Oh my goodness, Montreal, Canada. Okay. Honestly, where are you from? Laval. There you go. Where's it's that? The same thing. It's twenty minutes. North. No, it's north. It's like me saying I'm from Cleveland, but I'm from Parma. It's the same thing. It's yeah. Well, it's not. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> okay. I wish it, <laughs> people can't see our faces. Yeah. No. <laughs> there is a camera in here, so maybe it'll show up somewhere. Oh, totally. Okay, so you grew up um, in Canada. Yeah, I grew up in Montreal, Canada. Um, and for me, I mean, it kind of started in 2000, you know, um, modeling over there. But the most important thing that kind of changed everything is when I flew to L.A. to do uh, an audition for the Diva Search. What the, is that? The WWE Diva Search in okay. 2006. So I uh, remember, you know, I couldn't speak English at the time. Yeah. So when I left Montreal and my friends, they gave me a, kind of like a script like answers mm -hmm. to potential questions wow so i remember on this five six hour flight i was like learning i was trying really hard like learning all those answers i get to la i get to my audition and guess who's there hi yes yeah, this how one. are you really <laughs> i was the host yes. the first guy you right. meet the first guy i meet and he was such a nice guy uh yeah. handsome amazing <laughs> Best guy ever? Totally. You know, he plays a villain, WWE, so yeah. he kind of, you know. So um, I get there, and I start talking. And he, they're asking me questions, and then I'm just giving them, you know, that beauty pageant answer that he says. Well, he says, Marie, we don't want to have a beauty uh, pageant answer. We want you to really give us a real answer. And I was like, man, I'm done. That's the only thing. I mean, that's the only thing I she knows speak. in English. Yeah, she only so, speaks so French. So standing there, and everyone's just staring at me, and I'm like, oh no. But hold on, was someone asking the questions in French? No, they were asking you in English, but you yeah. didn't understand. I kind of understood the you, question, okay. but I couldn't answer. Yeah, okay. And I'm just like, <laughs> um, oh no. May I? May I? Be, as <laughs> as I was the host, the person asking yes. the questions. Yes. So Maurice walks in mm -hmm. and we go, hi, what's your name? She goes, Maurice. Yeah. And I go, uh, okay, Maurice, tell us a little about yourself. Why do you, why do you want to be a WWE diva? Yeah. And, uh, she was like, oh, because I uh, will work 100%. And I go, no, 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 no. I don't want a beauty pageant. <laughs> and she's like, tell me, tell me the real reason. Like, do you, what, what's going to stand you out from all these other girls that are here? What's going to make you? And she was like. My name is Maurice. 
I will work 100%. I go, you know what? Just move on. So so know. she makes it to the, like kind of like the uh, the we have three interviews. So you go through three interviews. There was 50 50 girls there. And uh, in their third interview, we we were we were backstage and we were like, you know, this girl has something. There's something about her, the aura. When she walks in, she's just striking. There's something about her. And and we all came to an agreement that if she can't connect with an audience and yeah. talk to an audience, then it's not going to work. So we were like, well, let's have her cut a promo in French and see how she does. Yeah. So she walks back in. And we go, Maurice, can you uh, can you cut a promo in French? And she goes, Francais? Oui. <laughs> and literally, literally, she got up in my face and was just cutting a promo on me. And fr- I have no idea I what she says. Yeah. What I was but doing. I will tell you what, I've never been so turned on in my entire <laughs> life, not knowing what she is saying. I was like, this is amazing. This yeah. is incredible. And after she left, we all looked at each other and goes, she's in. I yeah. don't know what she said, but the passion, you saw the drive, you saw everything. And you never, you know, when you don't know, like when you watch a movie and you don't, you're watching it in a foreign language, but you understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that moment in real life. That's crazy. Is that how you remember it? Um, it's pretty unacceptable what I said. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what what did you say? Do yeah, you what did you say? No, I, I can't remember exactly, but I was going off because yeah. because at that point he was just like he was. I I, I didn't I like him. I was being the Simon Cowell, I guess. Yeah, of, he was of the, the mean thing, one, like, and he like I was like I don't know how I'm gonna do this next one because he's just on me, like he wouldn't let go, and I was just like, okay, enough. So that's kind of why. And I remember we had like a podium that we were standing mm-hmm. on. I just got off the podium. Everyone was just staring at me like, what is she doing? Yeah, I was like, the, I'm just I'm just going to go kill this guy. Everyone was supposed to stand on the podium, you know, and they'd do their promos on the podium. But she got off the podium, got in my face and, all, and was cutting the, the promo. The camera's yeah. following me like, whoa, 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 what was she doing? I'm like, yeah, nobody knew what she was going to do. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> So okay. yeah, it kind of started like that. Did um, you ever just fast forward? Did you yeah. ever think that romantically you you would be involved with the guy no. that you hated? I mean, have the, you looked at me? I, I mean, mean you are, are you very kidding pretty. me? I'm gorgeous. I'm charming. I'm like what every woman's dream. I mean, she is the luckiest woman on the earth. But I think, I'm like, kidding. honestly, I've heard it so much I that I don't kidding. even react this is to me it being anymore. Sarcastic. <laughs> I'm like, I'm what? For <laughs> the thousand times. But um, you know, like about what a year later. We met at one of the shows in uh, Wichita, Kansas. Wichita. Wichita. Yeah, w- Wichita or Wichita, <laughs> whatever your I feel whatever like your preference Wichita is. Wichita is so much more awesome it's than way what cooler, they right? came up with originally. <laughs> so my father actually is from Wichita. That's really? a, that's serious. Hundred percent. You're never gonna call it Wichita ever again. Wichita. <laughs> uh, so oh you run into God. him in Wichita. Well. You kind of invite me. You invited me out. To go, I did invite and, you out. Uh, we didn't talk. Um, anyways, I was just. We can't even talk about that. It's well, no. Ridiculous. So, so I invited her out, <laughs> and a bunch of the WWE superstars were all there. Everyone. It's kind of where everyone was meeting. Yeah. And she kind of sat at another table, and I was at another table. And then at the end, when it was done and over with, you know, we with WWE, we usually have like six a.m. flights. So mm-hmm. you go to the, uh, you know, by the time it's two a.m. You have two hours to get to your your flight, so you have two hours to just spare. You could either go to the hotel or. So we were so- driving. I was driving um, back to the hotel to go get my 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 bags, and then Mike calls me and goes, "Murray's pull over right now, pull over, pull over." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, okay, uh, okay." So I pull over. By the way, goes, she barely speaks English. Yeah. So. And he's and I'm like, "Ah, what's going on? What's going on?" So I just pull over and uh, kind of ended up like in the parking lot of a 
porn shop? It, it yeah, it was a se- adult toys uh, <laughs> shop. Is that where you wanted her in to the, pull over? In the yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun. Like, who needs Denny's at three o'clock when you got an adult toy store? You know? Yeah. So I ended I up in this the place with the guy I barely know. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. In, in Wichita. Like, yeah, and it's like three in the morning. Yeah. We walk into this place and there's like one of those like toys that like you hang on, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like one of those chairs <laughs> yeah. that like swing. And she, yeah, swing. And she was like, I could just see in her face, this was not working very well to my benefit. <laughs> like I was thinking this would be fun. Oh, ha ha, this, ha ha, that. She was not having it. So we ended up staying in that parking lot and talking for like two hours. And I'll never forget leaving that conversation thinking, if I could only find a girl like this, mm-hmm. everything would be perfect. It'd be great. Flew back to uh, L.A. and went to a Barnes & Noble and like was looking for like a French book to learn how to speak French. Because, Aww. by the way, she didn't speak much English, but just to know like the vibe and hear some of the things that she said, I was just like, I was wowed. I was floored. Thanks. 13 years later, he does not speak French. Yeah. <laughs> still, don't, still don't speak French. Still worked out for but him. But your English is amazing. <laughs> so It's all right. Okay, so that's an amazing story. But, like, I want to know how you got from where you came from to that interview where you met him the first time. Well, I used to watch the show with my friends back home. And, uh, you know, every year they would do a diva search. Mm -hmm. And I remember them telling me, Maurice, you should try out. And I was like, I can't go over there. I can't go to L.A. I'm in Montreal, Canada. You know, when you're younger, you're in a different country. You don't speak the language. This is one of the biggest company in the world where you have to be able to grab a microphone and speak to a live crowd. It's mm-hmm. no joke, you know. So I was like, guys, this is just crazy. But they, um, they just kept going and they did a video uh, of me um, t- while I was talking to the camera. They, they were holding signs. Yeah. And Wait, I was you had reading. cue cards for yes, your I audition tape? <laughs> I had cue cards? Yes, I did. Uh, took, a, took a few takes <laughs> so they put it together and they send it to Stanford, Connecticut uh-huh. and I got a phone call back from their casting department and they asked me to come to LA to audition and I was like wait what? by the way did, wasn't there a story where you uh, you couldn't be from Montreal but you could be like from New Brunswick or something so, like that because the Diva Search at the time you could win a quarter million dollars Yeah. so Quebec is like a, it's a different government it's separate than Canada. So Quebec could not be like part of it. Uh, I was excluded. So what I did is when they called me, I called like five minutes after I called my mom. I said, listen, they're asking me for my driver's license right now because I'm not supposed to be, you know, they want to check my address where I live. So I said, we need to get in the car right now and drive down to New Brunswick. It's at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. We have to be at the driver's license, like DMV. And I need a new, a new driver's license with a new address from there. And a lot of my family live over there. Really? So I was like. How far is the drive? Be, it's like eight hours. Stop it. Yeah. So she drove eight hours after hearing this phone call and was like, I know. And by the way, she did this like. I, I think it's so amazing that like you're, you're from Montreal. You don't speak English. And you see an opportunity. And even though you're not allowed to do it, you're still going to do it. And you're going to figure out a way to, to fi- how to get it done. I knew yeah. I was going to get caught at some point. I was like, I'm still getting in. Like, this yeah. is like my chance, you know. So at 9 a.m., I was at the DMV, got my license. The same day, I um, faxed them a photocopy of it. And uh, they're like, wow, it was issued today. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, they did. They yeah. didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't say anything right away. Eventually, they, they came up to me and they were like, Maurice, you know, yeah. what, what's the deal with this? And I was like, well, you know. <laughs> I got family in New Brunswick. I had to figure it out real quick, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of from there. My mom's from there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And, um, I mean, there's just so much to say. And I'm like, where do I go with this? But, um, yeah, it's the beginning of everything. So it's were the beginning you... of my career, the beginning of me, you know, meeting my husband. Like, if yeah. it wasn't from this addition in LA, I would have never met him. Yeah. So it's kind of like all those things, those crazy things that you do that brings you to like a point where it it all started. It's crazy because I was in Marina del Rey when you uh, when we first met, and that's where we um we went back when he proposed to me too mm-hmm. because this kind of like the, the beginning place where of we everything. first met the yeah. the porn store. No, no, okay. porn store. That's, uh, where we that's first a year met. later. Uh, so we did we did the casting at uh, the the Ritz Carlton in Marina del Rey. Yeah. yeah. And so I tried to rent out that same room. Stop it. That same room cost twenty thousand dollars to rent out. It's a ma- massive so, convention, like. So when I went back there and I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna ask." That uh, we, we went, I told them the whole story. They're like, "Listen, the door may or may not be open." I was like, "I need it for five minutes." Yeah. That's all I need it for five minutes. And so we get in there and people were like cleaning up after something. And it was kind of cute, actually. We, we get in there, I propose, and they the people that were cleaning up kind of brought champagne. Oh, nice. It was kind of nice. I thought yeah. it was going to look all cute and be like, oh, hi, Lee, I'm just going to get you. I was like bawling. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, like your face. <laughs> it's terrible. Did you have a photographer mm, on no. hand? No. Uh, I take mad selfies. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I, I before before we move on to the Miz, because your story I've followed for quite some time. I I want to know like what what made you want to do this? Demon uh, search. Were you a dancer? Were you a wrestler beforehand? Were you Hawaiian uh, tropic? My, my my dad put me in in judo and karate classes when I was five. Yeah, and I just like that. I just love the entertainment part of it. I love the storylines, the acting, all the lights, the costume, yeah. the whole like act. And is you have to be an athlete. Yeah. So it's kind of like the combination of all that together is perfect. That's why my friends back home were like, Marie's, this is for you. You yeah. have to do it. It is Marie's. You have to go. And I worked out. Yeah. But um, it was hard. I ended up being in developmental um for about a year and a half. And uh, WWE's Performance Center at the time were in Louisville, Kentucky. That was really ridiculous. She moved because from Montreal to Louisville. Yeah. To Louisville, Kentucky. And I was, I did not really fit. Yeah. It was just one after another, you know, and I ended up in in wrestling school. And Mm -hmm. I remember just, you know, like left and right. I remember putting a rubber band on my left wrist because this was left. Like, yeah, I could not remember left and right. So I had to do that. Your mom has trouble with that, too. (laughs) Every time I tell her to go left, she goes right. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) But it's all those little like stories. It's pretty Wait, just give me a couple minutes on what the development school in Louisville, Kentucky is like. Oh, boy. Um, I used to go uh, every day from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And are you staying in a dorm with other recruits? No, I had an or? apartment over okay. there. So I had an apartment. Um, it's crazy because when I moved into Louisville, Kentucky, Mike moved out back to L.A. Yeah. I was so Mike was there home. one year before me. Okay. This is crazy. We're just following yeah. each other. But yeah, it was over there for like a, about a year from uh, five days a week, 
eight to five, eight to six, just wrestling, learning the craft and learning, the, you know, uh, how to cut the promo, learning how to speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine physically it's extremely grueling. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, are, are you like, I'm thinking of like Rudy, like you're always hurt and like bandaging up everything. You know what's crazy? You get used to it. Really? I think that's why you stop wrestling for three weeks and you go back and you're like, oh my God, this is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your body, body gets used to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That was, but I think I was, I was really young and I really wanted to do this and everyone thought I was going to leave after two weeks. Yeah. And you didn't. You know, I could, no, I, I never left. You were like, guys, I drove eight hours to New Brunswick. Right. I was you like, think I'm going to stop now? <laughs> well, honestly, a lot of people have. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's one of those things like the best advice I ever got. I was, I asked uh, Billy Kidman. I saw him at the Playboy Mansion here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I was in I was like in an independent wrestling school. And I was like, hey, what's your best advice? And he was like, stick with it. And I was like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. But it's the best advice I've ever gotten because a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of hardships mentally, physically. And, you know, whether it's, you know, relationships or uh, there's so many things that can venture you away from your dream or what you want to do. And it's all a matter of trying to stick with it. Yeah. I mean, it's still true. Yeah. You hear that like in the NFL a lot, like the best abilities availability. Like you got to actually be in it want if it. you want to do it, mm -hmm. you know? Like your heart has to be in it. Yeah. You can't just do it for like, oh, I'm just going to try this out. That does not, that's not going to work. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like just hearing your story, I, I am like a romantic and like a big fate guy. You? I know. <laughs> can, can you way. believe it? <laughs> but like that was the most like fate draw drew you two together story that I've heard in like a long, long time. Isn't it it's crazy? really, really beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's uh, so, we're like, we're getting so cheesy. Yeah. Right? No, but it's good though. <laughs> and like it's you, true because rom rom romance is cheesy, you know, a little bit. Yeah. But it's true. And it's nice. I like and I, it. But people like, love cheesy. I'm, I'm French. Sure. I'm French, guys. So. Yeah. So it's just, you, romance <laughs> is just like ingrained inside right. of you. You eat this breakfast. Um, okay, Mike. I am a big real world fan are you i am um did I you try out uh it's so funny i did in college um what season was it i so i was i was in college from 2002 to 2007 so it was sometime in there and i remember they came to a bar they came to i think they came to the library that was the name of the bar right uh, Everyone had yeah, a library yeah, exactly. in college. Yeah, so your parents are looking, looking at your credit card yeah. statement. You're like, yeah, you know. I'm, We're the library. A lot, of been books. A, lot, a lot of books. <laughs> really <laughs> expensive these days. <laughs> but I remember they had a casting call at the bar, and, you know, they put you in front of camera. <laughs> of course, and I was at the bar. so wasted, and I said the dumbest things. And uh, Shocking you didn't make it. I know, but, I, well, but here's the thing. I was a radio DJ in college. Um, and that, that's what I was going to school for. So then they came back because they found out that or I think I said that in the interview. So then they came and like interviewed me in studio, like doing my show. And I was like, I totally got this thing. And sure. but the thing was is that I went to school in Mississippi and they were looking for Southern guys, but I'm from California. So when they found out where I was from, I think that's when or I don't know. The, they were 60,000 people tried out yeah, back then, yeah. you know, seven make it. So but I remember your season and I remember the, um, I, I mean, it probably wasn't the beginning, but I remember you doing like the the Miz bit, yeah, to everyone, and it kind of like annoying people, and and 
I will say this, like, because I obviously come from the reality world too. I have the utmost respect for people that are able to turn that little, like, flash in the pan 15 seconds into this huge thing. So hats off to you because you took one thing that I think everyone thought was just a, a bit joke and turned it into this giant career. So, well, thank you. Awesome job. I want to hear everything up until getting on to real world. All right. Well, I was born in Cleveland and Ohio on October 8th, 1980. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, so um, you know, I went to high school at Normandy High School in Parma, Ohio, and I grew up in a middle class uh, kind of uh, uh, atmosphere. And I went to Miami of Ohio. Uh, I was a, in a fraternity called Theta Chi. And uh, I'll never forget like Oxford. I, yeah. Oxford, yeah. Oxford, Ohio. I went to school in Oxford, Mississippi. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Just two peas in a pot. Uh-huh. So I, uh, you know, I, I'd always watch Real World. Uh, yeah. Like back in the day, Real World was the show. I mean, there wasn't many reality shows out there. There was Survivor, Big Brother, Cops, you yeah. know, and, and Real World. Yeah. That was it. it. There there wasn't all these like different things. Like there was, the internet wasn't as popular as it is. There's no YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I know all the kids out there like, what? Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. But yeah, back in our day, you know, <laughs> we just had that. And people would try out. Like people would come out. Like there was like 60,000 people uh, for my season trying out. So the way I, I, I had it was I was in Theta Chi. I was enjoying college. I wasn't really enjoying the classes. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying everything else. And I uh, I saw it on TV and it was like try out for the real world and I was like I want to try out yeah now everyone made fun of me everyone's like you're not gonna make it how are you gonna what's gonna stand you out from all these people I was like I don't know I remember putting on uh, I ha- I would always have a camera with me and it was one of those VHS kind of cameras yeah. and the way you would edit was you'd put two VCRs together and you'd put the wires and connect the wires and you'd press play and record and that's how I edited my 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 audition tape yeah. And so I sent in the audition tape. Everyone made fun of me at my my fraternity, but they were supportive, you know, but they they kind of busting my, you know, whatever. And so they uh so then they called. Wait, hold on. What was on your your audition video? Oh, uh just I, I would videotape all of our parties. Okay. Uh me sitting down just talking to them, saying like wh- who I am. Um, just a little bit about myself, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But and had the Miz made an appearance no, on No, no, no. Okay. The Miz the Miz debuted on on the real world back okay. to New York season 10. So I did I did the audition tape and they must have liked it because they sent this they, they called me and said, hey, we'd like you to fill out this application. Sure. Thinking an application would be one page, two page, yeah. 50 page <laughs> application asking everything and anything about my life. Filled the whole thing out. And once I filled that out, one of my buddies was like, dude, I want to try out so bad now. One of the people that was like, dude, I, I don't know. You, you can't believe you're trying out. Yeah. I want to try out. It's like, well, they're doing an open casting call in Detroit. I'll go with you. So we drove up to Detroit and uh, we went to the open casting call. And this time, you know, it, there there was like thousands upon thousands. We waited in line four o'clock in the morning in Detroit. It was like, you know, I think it was during the winter. So it was freezing cold. And uh, we make it up into these little group. It's like 10 people in a group and they just ask you questions, you know, and uh, I I would answer the question and ended up happening where I made it to the next round again. So I had to do another 50 page application, the same 50, applica- yeah. 50 page application I just did. But my friend had to wait for me because he didn't make it to that next round. So then the next round for that was. Uh, I had a video camera that was videotaping me. I had them on speakerphone, 
And I had to look inside of the camera while answering all the questions they would ask me. And so I did that. And uh, these were the days before I camera phone people, by yeah. the way. So did that twice. This with is two 2001. Different interviews. 2000. 2000. This is 2000. Okay. And so then uh, I was 20 years old. And so then I uh, did those two. And then I did an in-person in interview. And in that in-person interview, it was in Detroit. So went back up to Detroit, drove up. It was like four-hour drive. And uh, before my interview, they were like, you're going to have to wait a little bit. So I sat down with like 10 girls that were going to their prom or something like that. And I was just hanging out. I didn't never met these people before. Yeah. But I was like, hey, what's going on? What's going on over <laughs> here? And just started sitting down talking to them, not thinking that, wow, this looks really good when you know the, the producer comes down and literally goes, wait, how did you meet all these people? Oh, I just yeah. met them. And uh, it ended up happening where I... I, I uh, I went up to the the interview and I was always like, why are people always crying on these shows? Like yeah. you're on a show, you're having fun, like you're in a house. That was the first time I realized, wow, now I get why people cry on TV, like how they, because they get you. Yeah. Like the questions that they ask, you know, kind of get deep seated and you go, whoa, like you you really find find out about yourself. And so after I was driving home, I was like, wow, like this would be a great show for me because it really kind of opened me up and kind of found some issues that I didn't even know I had. So then got to uh, back to Miami, Ohio and uh, went on to a casting special. Once I did the casting special, um, this was the first time that they would have uh, the people from Real World and Road Rules. And it was like 28 people in Palm, Palm Springs. It was the first time and only time they would ever do this. Three days. And we would literally just be living like you would on the real world or road rules. And you don't know what show you're going to be on. You don't even know show you're going to get on a show. Are they filming we, it? Huh? Are they they're filming, filming it? it all. Okay. Yeah. They're filming everything and they have little uh, things that we would do uh, just to get to know you, how you would do on the show. And then finally uh, out of the 28 people, I made it onto one of the shows. Yeah. So this was three months. They told me I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, not even my parents. Wow. So I didn't. Wow. And I'm telling, I'm like, my parents are like, well, you're going back to school. No, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah. Well, where? And I'm like, I kind of can't tell you anything. <laughs> because, by the way, my, but my parents are big mouths. And I oh, yeah. know they're big mouths. Yeah. And I didn't want to ruin this opportunity. Like, this was something that I wanted to do. And I, I have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Like, this was crazy. Like, I'm going to be on the real world. Like, the, one of the biggest shows on TV at the time. I get to do it. Whether it was real world or road rules, I didn't know. I flew to New York. First time flying to New York ever. Went, stayed in a hotel in Staten Island. They gave me a pager. And they said, <laughs> hey, we're going to page you. When we page you, you need to call this the number and we'll tell you what you're going to do next. Whoa. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. So I'm sitting there waiting. I'm thinking like there's cameras in the, my room. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? So finally- Wait, are your parents like, this sounds like a cult, and no, we're my concerned. No, par my parents let me do kind of whatever the hell okay. I wanted. Like, they they, they knew, like, uh, I'm a good kid, and I they knew that I just go after things. Yeah. And so they just thought it was one of the things that I was going after. Yeah. And so I went there, and uh, yeah, I got a page that said, meet on this ferry. You're gonna, so you might meet shady. You might meet one of your cast members there. We don't know. So I'm standing there, and I see one of the people on the casting special. I go, oh, I guess we're roommates. Yeah. And then it says, you need to go to 632 Hudson. So I'm like, 632 Hudson, either an RV is going to be there, and I'm on the road rules, or yeah. a house is going to be there, and I'm on the real world. 
And I get to the house, and honestly, there was like four of us there, and we're like, are we on the railroad? We still don't know. Is this, <laughs> is this really happening? Like, what's going on? Like the, the way they edited it was amazing because yeah. like we were we had no idea if we were on the real world still. We we're like we we're like is this the house? Do we pick our bed or <laughs> is there going to be an RV pulling up and then we have to fight for it or something? Like what's going on? Yeah. And finally, I realized that I was one of the cast members on the real world back to New York, and I was like I couldn't believe it. And the way the Miz came about was when I was on the real world, I was the outcast. Uh, nobody really liked me, and this was the first time that I was, I've ever been an outcast. Like, I have usually am able to kind of adapt to whatever situation I need to adapt, and I'm pretty good at being a chameleon mm-hmm. and kind of adapting to my environment. But this one was just different, and I'm loud, I'm obnoxious, and sometimes I rub people the wrong way, and I rubbed everyone the wrong way in my in my household. And so it took a long time to where I was like, everyone just, it felt like I was kept on getting picked on and picked on, not bullied, but it was just one of those things. Like I just, nobody liked me. Yeah. So I just created this character called the Miz where I didn't care what people thought anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was just going to say and do whatever the hell I wanted, whenever I wanted. And the Miz was, and it was the Miz. It wasn't Mike. And it ended up happening where the Miz got more respect and liked better than Mike did on the show and through the cast members and the Miz was my, my outlet to basically kind of get in with my roommates and them to kind of learn who I am and what it was. It's almost like a self-preservation tactic. I guess you you can say, yeah, for sure. Created this alter ego because you were feeling ostracized. Yeah. And not only that, but it's a different environment. I'm in New York city. I mean, I'm from Parma, Ohio. Like I've never ventured out there. And then, and then not only that, like you, you have cameras on you all the time. Whenever I wanted to leave, I had to call the bat phone. Yeah. And we had a thing called the bat phone where you call up and be like, hey, I'm leaving. And it's like, all right, give us 10 minutes. We're going to come with you. And we're gonna, and you have cameras just walking around. And you can't tell anyone. Yeah. You're on the real world. It's a mayonnaise commercial. That's <laughs> that's what we would have. Like you we would what, make up these things where we do commercials. It's funny talking about it because, you know, the Miz. Yeah. The Miz is the first person I met when I came to L.A. to audition. Yeah. And then I got, I thought he was like annoying, like mm-hmm. really annoying. And then I got to uh, to meet Mike. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this guy is pretty cool. Yeah. But then he, go, he flips back into Miz. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I flip on and off. Yeah. Yeah, I flip it on and off. It's kind of like a, a thing that, like, so when I got off the real world, they, like, everyone wanted the Miz. And by the way, the Miz on the real world, one episode. Yeah. Out of, like, 22 episodes. It's there was so one funny episode, because and, I remember that episode so vividly. And the amazing part is a lot of people did, like, from that episode on, I was no longer Mike. I yeah. was the Miz. Do the Miz. Do the Miz. Do the Miz. Do the Miz. And then I would do all, <laughs> all these challenges yeah. where I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a reality. I'm, I moved to, I, I never forget like sitting back in Parma, Ohio, coming back from the real world and, and looking in the mirror and saying, well, what do you want to do with your life? Like, mm-hmm. what do you want to do now? And I'll never forget there was like on my shelf, like a rock, the rock, like action figure. Oh yeah. And I was like, I'm going to become a WWE superstar. And you can only imagine when you tell your parents you're going to be a WWE superstar and not go back to Miami, Ohio. Yeah. You know, and so uh, my parents didn't want me to do it. Like a lot of people were laughing at me because it's like I wasn't 6'5". Yeah. I wasn't 300 pounds of pure solid muscle, but I was going to do it. So I moved to L.A., found an independent wrestling school out there, I out here. And then I went to improv classes, acting classes, because I wanted to make sure I had all the tools that I needed to make sure that I could be a success and then I, I, I got like a, a, a dietitian. I had a, a person training me to work out. So I was working out properly. So I wanted to make sure I had everything in place to when, you know, it's 
Luck is when opportunity and preparation meet. And I wanted to be as prepared as I possibly could for that opportunity. Were you a wrestler? But like, did you wrestle no. in high school? No. Were, like she did. Um, but no this is different. No, no I did not. That's not. The, it's Nothing different. like that. I played yeah. basketball, football. I played all the sports. I yeah. played every sport there is. Um, but I never. Uh, I was never like amazing. I was a captain of two teams, but I wasn't yeah. the best player. I was just the most vocal. Yeah. And I guess I'm. I guess I was a pretty good leader. Yeah. And so I think that's where my my. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just very determined. Yeah. This is why I love this show, uh, doing this show and finding this stuff out. Because I, I would have assumed that you grew up as a high school wrestler. No. And the Miz was a joke thing you did in high school and no. in college. Never. And then you went in the real world and you did this thing. And that's not even the case at all. No. You had one little window of opportunity after having the, the spotlight shined on you. And you took it and you ran. And that's bonkers. That story yeah. is bonkers. Right. Well, and you know, it's funny, like when I went on to the real world then on, or on the challenges, I was like, all right, how can I get WWE to notice me? Yeah. So I would, I would make shirts yeah. and, and hats and on every challenge, by the way, no producers one hated by, this by, by, by the oh, way. I know. I know. Yeah. No. So I was the reason that no one was allowed to do this anymore yeah. because for three seasons I would bring shirts and everyone would wear my shirts yeah. and not the colors that they were supposed to wear for their teams. And because everyone supported me, like, and that's rare, by the way, whenever you're on a show and everyone usually gets jealous, like, oh, I want to be the center of attention. I want this. Yeah. Everyone that was on those challenges would wear my shirts. They were supportive of me becoming a WWE superstar, which yeah. I always thought was really, really cool of them. And MTV gave me my start and allowed me to do that, which it did open a door for WWE. I tried out for Tough Enough, and Tough Enough wouldn't let me do it when I was on MTV, which is something that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, so I tried out for the second season of Tough Enough, and they said you can't you can't try out because you're on MTV already. It's a contractual back obligation. Back issue. then, you weren't allowed to be on three different shows. Yeah. You had to be on one show. That was it. That was all you're allowed to do. And so then finally, Tough Enough went onto the CW. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, can I try out now? And they were like, yeah, you can try out. So I tried out for Tough Enough, which if the winner gets a WWE contract. Yeah. Didn't win, but I impressed the execs so much that they gave me a developmental t contract to go to Deep South Wrestling in McDonough, Georgia. Wow. And then six months later, I was in Louisville at Ohio Valley Wrestling. By the way, at Deep South Wrestling, I was the first ever heavyweight champion. Really? Yeah. Believe it or not. Okay, that was a lot. A lot of stuff. A lot I, to go. No, I, but it was. By on. the way, you asked one question. And I, I think I, I went for an hour. I know. Sorry. But that, that's but that's so cool. Like you know, so many people out there. I get this question a lot too. It's like so many people out there just want to be famous for famous sake or whatever, mm -hmm. or a celebrity or well known or whatever. But what everyone forgets about is there's a lot of freaking work that goes into it. You know, a lot of work. I mean, that story, like your guys' stories, both are, are equally inspiring and and crazy and bonkers and it's just amazing so thank you for sharing that that Absolutely. was that was dope um i do want to talk about your show T tell me about um i uh, think you just got the show yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what the show is i mean it's Ms. and mrs it's on the usa network uh uh, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. immediately following NXT on the USA Network, and uh, we love it. It's one of those shows that we just we laugh whenever we do it. Yeah, we kind of laugh at each other. Yeah, and it brought my whole family together because being on the road for almost 14 years, I've never so many things that we missed. You know, uh, my sister had kids, like marriages and the parties and all all those big things in life. You know, like Christmas, we'd be on the road. So. 
this is great because I get to see, I mean, my mom is nuts, but um, it's fun yeah, to have my, her around. My, my dad, um, <laughs> who you will get to get to know a lot on season two, uh, this this season two. George. My dad, uh, you know, he, I go, dad, do you want to come to LA? You know, you know, we just had a baby, uh, Madison. She's three and a half months old. My dad still hasn't met her. And I was like, dad, do you want to come to LA and meet, meet your, gran- your, your grandchild? Yeah. And he was like, are you filming? And I go, no, we're not filming. He goes, well, I'll do it whenever, you know, something important comes along. I go, what more, what <laughs> is more important than your grandchild? Yeah. Like, what? She can't do anything. Like, she's just laying there. Yeah. You know, like, I'll <laughs> do it when you guys are filming and we can all do it then. And I'm like, so my dad loves the show. Mm-hmm. Like, her mom loves the show. Every It's brought our family together. Really? Yeah, it really did. You know, a lot of people, uh, it, it kind of pushes away yes. families. Our family, it has brought together and has made us so much closer. That's great, yeah, because that is definitely not the norm when it comes to reality No, TV. it's not. And we get to be with our kids. I can be with both of them because we're filming home, so it's great. I don't have to be on the road, which I miss being on the road also. Really? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, this is great. Yeah, because- our show's not about, like, drama either. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more about comedy, and our drama is filled with just laughter. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of it, it. Really, is that way? Like we just sit there and look at our lives, and we go, "Wow, this is ridiculous." Yeah, and this is I great don't know for how a show. we're normal with the parents that we have. <laughs> yeah, well, I maybe mean- <laughs> in spite of them, yes, they know that norm. we say it a lot. Like yeah. I don't know why I'm normal. Am yeah. I normal? I don't know. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys ever think that, like, of all the crazy steps you guys had to take to get to the end goal, which I assume was being in WWE and champion and all that kind of stuff, did you ever think that the reality TV show thing would be a part of the journey? No. No. I said uh, once I got done with the real world and I got done with the five challenges I did, I said I'm never doing reality again. Because back in the day... Um, in 2000, when you were on a reality show and you come to LA, mm-hmm. you were nothing, you were a nobody, you were a hack Yeah, and you shouldn't be on TV and everyone hated you. Yep. And so, you know, that's kind of the mentality I had through reality. And then going through WWE, you kind of try to almost get, not get rid of the stigma because I was always a person that I was proud of where I came from. I was proud of being on the real world, proud of being on the challenges, no matter what anyone said. Mm-hmm. And being a WWE superstar, you kind of, I was venturing away. I felt like I was elevating myself, doing the dream that I wanted to do. And we actually got offered, uh, you know, to do uh, a reality show about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And we said no. Wow. Because it was one of those things, like I still had that stigma. And then I st- then we started sitting down and we started talking about it. And we were like, look, everything's a reality show nowadays. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the biggest stars in the world, The Kim Rock. Kardashian. The Rock. And you know what they're doing well, I mean, at the, all times. Not only that, but mm-hmm. The Rock, Kevin Hart, I yeah. know exactly what they're doing when they're doing oh, it yeah. because they're all over Instagram. They're, they're, their Instagram is their reality show. Mm-hmm. And so I look at everything like a reality show. And if we, I said, look, if we can be executive producers of this show mm-hmm. and we have a say in everything that goes on, and me and her, we, we talked about this. We said, look, Sometimes in reality, the best reality TV are the ones where you get butterflies and you're like, man, I don't know if I want this on TV. It's like the Mm -hmm. hardships. That's what people want to see. And so we were like, are we willing to let it all out there? Yeah. Let our entire lives out there and just go for it. And we said, yeah. And I think we're we're pretty happy that we did because the show's a success. That's awesome. We're becoming good guys, which is weird. Yeah, we've been like, villains for so yeah, long, you know, and then they're like people, guys, yeah. and and people are like, "Oh, Marie's so cute and adorable." I'm like, Aah! and yeah. my wife, oh, that's not my, what I'm now, be? now my wife is cute and adorable, but like I never <laughs> would expect people to say she's cute and adorable. It was always like, "Oh, she's a bee," yeah. you know, like that's the kind of thing like that, she, that people would say. Well, congratulations on getting to EP the show because that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's very difficult. Yeah, everything you guys have done, uh, you've taken to the next level, which is super impressive. So make sure you watch uh, Ms. and Mrs. Wednesday nights, uh, 10, 9 Central on USA. I have to be respectful of your time because I think feel like we could do this for a while. But um, thank you so much for coming on the Wells cast. Thanks for having us. Your guys' stories are just... 
crazy and so inspiring. So, um, again, thank you. Um, before you go, can we do a rapid fire thing? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. So, so wait, it, who's first then, or is it both of us? At the let's same do time? La- ladies first. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, ra- rapid fire in the Wells cast. Uh, who was your first kiss? Kiss. My first kiss. I was fifteen. GF. Girlfriend. Okay. GF. <laughs> It's a, it's a guy's name in French. GF is his real like that's it's his Jean cool. Francois. Oh, oh my god! god. Okay. I hate uh, him already. Yeah, nobody <laughs> likes this guy. Nobody likes this guy. By the way, I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> didn't well, even know that. You learned something. What oh about my you? goodness. Liz Malakar. Yes. In Liz. my in my 1988 Firebird outside her house. Oh my god! Why am getting... I not surprised you had a 1988 Firebird? <laughs> Uh, By the way, I bought that with my own money, working flipping burgers at my dad's Mr. Hero. Nice. Yeah. Did it have flames on it? No, it didn't have flames. Oh man. <laughs> do you do you do you have any desire to buy that car back? It it, it broke down in the no, middle like of make- 480, driving from Miami to Cleveland in 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 a one lane. Uh, there was construction going on in one lane. It broke down. I never want to see that car again because <laughs> I created a whole backup. There was helicopters. Like there was a whole thing that happened with that car. All right, first concert you ever went to? Yeah, uh, United States. No, concert. Concert? Yeah. Oh, uh, Offspring. Nice. Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> New Kids on the Block. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yes. The fact that those yes. aren't switched around right? is weird to me. Right. <laughs> it also feels right. Uh, first ever job? Lifeguard. Wow. Flipping burgers at Mr. Hero. By the way, I also worked at Abercrombie and Fitch as the greeter. Question. As the greeter. Really? Yeah, I was a greeter, but I, I did one with the shirt on. It was before the shirtless <laughs> yeah, greeter. Yeah, yeah. Are you good at folding uh, sweaters? Uh, I can fold a sweater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, celebrity you're mistaken for? Ryan Seacrest. I can see that. Hmm. I mean, I remember Jessica Simpson. Okay. Or Britney Spears. Yes, I was like 16. Yeah, Britney Spears. Who would call you, uh, who would you call to get, get you out of jail? Maurice. My sister. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't call me? <laughs> Thanks, babe. You asked too many questions. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Why, what happened? <laughs> I definitely would ask a lot of questions. I was just like, Shh. where is GF? Is he here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Francois. <laughs> uh, biggest pet peeve? Uh, um, when my husband eats and he and the fork hits his but, teeth and he's making but, like, look, like construction I do, I with eat, the salads. And just, I eat and like everyone everywhere. else. I eat like <laughs> everyone else. When my wife complains about me eating... Uh, wrongly. Like, mm-hmm. she'll sit there and I'll be like, just eating. Like a normal human being. She'll be like, can you stop crunching your food? And I'm like, <laughs> what do you, how do you want me to eat it? Like, how, like, how do you want me to, I eat with my mouth closed. I know that. Yeah. Like, the worst thing is when they bring a salad and then the dressing's on top uh-huh. and it's not mixed together. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be interesting because it's like a construction <laughs> it's, site. No, it's He's just like construction <laughs> site. And there's salad, I'm like, whatever. I totally <laughs> understand why your guys' TV show is entertaining, by the way. Um, last one. Most famous person in your phone? Uh, The Rock. That's cool. Me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Say it. Me. My husband. Uh, Mike and Maurice, thank you so much for being on the Wells cast. Don't forget to watch uh, Ms. and Mrs. Wednesday nights, 10, 9 central on USA. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having us. That's really awesome. appreciate it. Subscribe to Wells cast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. It's the internet. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. 
As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.